So you actually marry them. Oh, you actually marry them. So, so I am divorced. Do you take the blood? <laughs> well, I'm divorced. Hey, Christine's divorced. Hey, we're all divorced here. It's all good. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How you doing today? I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 40 of the Chris and Christine Show. do 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 Fan fantastic the 40th episode and thank you for listening to us today and by the way if you don't know i am chris and i am engaged to the lovely lady over there named christine say hello to everybody christine hello and yes we are on the wedding countdown i think we're at 173 days today wait till we get married yes yeah, in Hawaii, right? In Hawaii. And we just officially booked our plane tickets to make that trip to Hawaii. We definitely did. And so between the two of us, we are raising slash co-parenting three boys. Yes, three kids. Um, Christine has one, which is the oldest. His name is Ezekiel. He's 15. And I have two little rugrats. Uh, one is named, uh, what's his name? Jacob. <laughs> He's the oldest. He's he, 10. He just turned 10. And the youngest a little rug rat is uh, a little booger eater. His name <laughs> is uh, Mason. And he just turned eight. Eight, eight right? Yeah, just he, like two weeks ago. That's right. He just did turn eight. Yeah, so eight. he's like... I can't think of he's seven for newly, some reason. Newly eight. And I say Mason is great and he's eight. So it's a fun one. Well, that is all fantastic, Christine. So what has been happening last week in the Chris and Christine household? Well, last week was a short week for me at work because I took, uh, well, Monday was a holiday. Tuesday was a vacation day um, for me. We call them recess days. And I feel like sometimes I'm in elementary school, like taking So Monday and Tuesday. So start on Wednesday then. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I worked. And uh, Thursday after work, I drove up halfway and met Zeke's dad. Uh, near Magic Mountain to bring him home for a long weekend. And that is the halfway point from here to Fresno is uh, Magic Mountain, which is in the city of um, Valencia. Valencia. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we meet up at the parking lot at Wendy's every time. And then I grab my now five foot ten tall rug rat and bring him home. (laughs) There you go. Do the switcheroo or whatever. How long does that meeting usually last? It's just like a quick little jump in, jump out. Um, Yeah. Normally it's like five or ten minutes, but this time it was like 30... 25, 30 minutes because we were talking about like some co-parenting things, which is specifically that Ezekiel would like to get his first debit card. What? Yeah. So we were talking about... Like what a bank the, account or something else? Um, kind of. So we were talking about what would work for that because we don't want it to be a typical bank account where he's going to deal with overdrafts and stuff. But there's this new card that's out for kids that we're going to try out for two months and it's called Greenlight. Greenlight. This huh? is not an ad because we haven't tried it, but Greenlight, well, if you're do listening. Explain, <laughs> explain to everybody what Greenlight is. Yeah. So Greenlight, it's a debit card for kids, but it has one app with a parent side and a kid side. And the parents can um, divvy up whatever is in the child's account and say like this amount can be spent for like however they want to. This amount could be spent at Target and then this amount they can't spend at all. And in it, there's a built-in feature for assigning tasks and chores. And the child can check off on their side that things have been completed. So the parent knows that they can check on the quality of work and then pay them in accordance with whatever tasks they've completed. 
Okay, so it's kind of like an allowance, like a digital allowance? Yeah, it's kind of like a digital allowance. And I know that in our previous episode with uh, For Pocket Allowance, um, with our friend from For Pocket Allowance, she talked about the importance of giving kids cash. Well, we're doing that with the little ones. But because Zeke lives part-time away from here. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we wanted to be able to have something that could be interactive that um, both both parents could could uh, participate in and give to the kid at any place and monitor the cash the, right the spending place. yeah and so it's one of those things where as he's just learning money management um, as you know kids get money sometimes they want to blow through it right away but it gives a little oh, bit even of, adults too I could tell right. you that much <laughs> <laughs> but it gives a, a bit of parent parental control to where uh, you can switch things on and off so like if a child is spending. Like if they're going to be going with a friend away for the weekend, then you can help them set a budget ahead of time and then you can shut them off from spending any more than that. Really? Yeah. So it's we're going to try it out. We're going to see how it goes. Um, so is it kind of like a prepaid thing? Um, Kind of. I think it might be associated with a bank, uh, but you don't bank at that bank. So it's not like Bank of America has the green light card and Chase has the green light card because actually traditional banks don't have a really solid system for helping kids like this. It's like you can give them a debit card for their own account. And if they overspend, then they're overdrafting and you're stuck with fees. And we don't want to start him on that pattern. So what happens if the kid goes uh, on the card, uh, they go into the red? They can't go into the red. It stops them from spending. Oh, So So it is kind of like a prepaid on that way. So it's like a gift card then? Kind of, but um, but it's a MasterCard. And so, okay, it's so only uh, places that take it will be MasterCard places, which most right. places do. It's usually the Discover card I got problems with because, right. you know, but MasterCard, usually not a problem. Yeah, Visa MasterCard tend to be pretty easy, but we're going to try it out and we're going to see how it goes. And it was his idea. He had a really good argument about why. And I felt like, you know, he called me, uh, I think it was on Tuesday, and he's like, Mom, I have a really important question for you. And so he started talking to me and I said, did you talk to your dad about this? And he's like, well, dad's asleep. He's taking a nap. And I said, okay, you need to talk with him about it. So he talked a little bit, but his dad and I and Zeke, uh, we stood together and we talked about it in the parking lot at Wendy's to see um, if we're both on the same page about it. Because one of the things in co-parenting with Zeke's father is any major decisions we talk about, we talk through when it comes to things like if Zeke's struggling with his grades if he needs um, to be involved in like an extra tutoring program or anything like that, we talk together. We try to do it for everything. Sometimes things slip by and it creates a little frustration. But for the most part, we do a pretty good job of communicating about those things. And you, you guys do live like what, 400 miles away from each other? 350, yeah. Three, 350 miles away from each other. So it's not like you can kind of like, it's not an easy like thing because you guys are so far away. But th- in the world of technology, you guys Zoom, phone calls, FaceTime, it's like no big deal. It's almost like you're right there. Yeah, we typically, when we have something that we need to talk about with Zeke, like there, I'm not going to go into a lot of details, but there was an incident where we needed to talk with him and it was like a collaborative approach to discipline. We hopped on FaceTime. And um, all three of us were on FaceTime together and it was... You could do that? Well, yeah. I mean, Zeke held his phone and his he held it and him and his dad were on his phone. So they oh, sat together. Oh, so like two to two to one two to on one. one. Yeah. One on one. Yes. But, but two but were you, on the same phone. But you can. You can do group FaceTime calls. You, you can? can? Have, yeah. You can have like an entire family. I have family. no idea. Yes. You can wow. add as many people as you want. I know it works. I oh. think it's like up to 10. But anyways, that, that I think was the only real thing that happened this week is just trying to talk through uh, financial literacy and money management with my 15 and a half year old. Well, the biggest question I got is, 
How much? Now, I'm sure he's asked the same question too. So how much are we talking here? Well, what we discussed and because his first approach was, well, I could just have money in this account. Don't you have money for me? And it came back to that's not the way that the world works. You will work for it and you will earn a set amount of money. Amen, sister. And upon completing your tasks, then it will be deposited like a paycheck. And then it's yours. We'll discuss how you can spend it. And so we're starting out with Twenty to forty dollars max per month, just depending on how many weekends he's here with us. Because I'm going to start with contributing to it first. Okay. And then we'll see if is Dad going to match that? No, we'll see if it evolves into that. We didn't want to start Zeke off with like forty or like fifty to eighty dollars a month. We didn't think that that was really practical for a fifteen year old that doesn't have a car, that doesn't have to pay for gas, and then eats lunch for free at school. So like. Twenty-five to forty dollars a month is potentially what we're what, talking. What does Zeke usually spend his money on when he does? But he had a lot. I don't know. I'm going to find out. <laughs> you have to find out. You know. I mean. Um, I mean, sometimes it's like he he asks for things when we go to a store or if we go to the movies, and he wants to get like a big candy to go with his popcorn. Um, those are the types of things that I typically pay for. But um, yeah, I mean, I. I don't buy him a lot of little gadgety kinds of things. Once in a while, I buy him like books or like a stuffed animal. But I think that mostly for him, he likes um, stuff related to his streaming video games. Okay. Now, can you use that card online for online purchases for that app stuff? Um, I think that you can, but I would have to give him permission to use it. Otherwise, it's like kind of like fraud alert, you know, when you charge something oh, okay. and then ask for permission. I have to give advanced permission and turn that feature huh. on. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that is fantastic, Christine, and good Thanks. luck with that. I hope, I hope it works out, and let me know how it works out, okay? Yeah, sounds Cause, good. Because I might be doing that for my kids, too. So, yeah. Well, what uh, happened with you this week, Chris? Well, this week, let's see. Oh, this week, we uh, Christine hired the same guys that did the interior walls for my house. She hired them to go out into the patio and remodel, let's say remodel, re, paint? Uh, repaint the uh, patio overhang yep. because it was so filthy and original paint. So Christine had the guys go out there and pressure wash them and repaint that. Yep. So now when you go out in the patio, it's so crazy. It looks like it's like a brand new area. It's yeah, weird. It, it brightens up the air. I wouldn't think that the overhang uh, ceiling section of the patio would make a big difference, <laughs> but it really does. Oh, it, what? I was right. Yes, just, just this one time. Don't let it go to your head, okay? But it really did brighten up the whole uh, backyard patio area. We were yeah. out there yesterday playing with the kids uh, on the new table we have and uh, playing a board game. And it really makes it feel very bright and homey, like you're inside a, a really nice like area. I don't know how to explain it, you know? Yeah, so that was like the final step of finishing the backyard. And that was really exciting. I mean, we're waiting. The grass is starting to grow in and everything like that. But uh, what else happened to you this week, Chris? Well, I took my uh, Ford F-150 over to the Ford dealer to get new brakes. Even though they really didn't need brakes, I was like, let me just take it in there. And they're trying to sell me on the rear brakes. Just get the rear brakes done. You get, The front ones can wait a little bit. But I said, you know what? The truck is there. I don't know when I'm going to have another opportunity to drop it off because I'm really busy. So while it's there, just do them anyways. Just do the brakes get all the brakes done so my truck's got new brakes and new oil fresh oil and while i was there i was walking over to the new car section oh my gosh and then of course as you walk over there the salesmen just come right out and they're like hey buddy how you doing what are you looking for today i said yeah i got my truck over in the shop it's getting worked on but let me look at some of the new trucks you know it just means look let me window shop so I'm over window there, shop <laughs> so i'm over there looking at the new uh they had these new ford f-150 um 
Roush's, which I guess Roush is like their performance division, like Shelby. They have these Roush trucks, like they've got the Roush Mustangs. They're all like lifted with the bigger tires and the same engine that I have in my truck, the 5.0 Coyote. Coyote! And um, so I was already familiar with that motor. So um, I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm checking out the new trucks. And I'm like, ah, oh, they're they're on sale for seventy thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. Well, you said they were seventy thousand dollars, but they were on sale for fifty five. That's oh, sorry, yes, me. that's correct. They marked them down to fifty five, which is still a lot of money. But if you look at the other new trucks, like a new F one fifty, that's comparable to my current F one fifty. They're priced about that forty to fifty grand. Right. So I'm like, gosh, so. I'm holding on to my truck for as long as possible because it still works. I still love it. It's still okay, but I have to. I have to interrupt you right now because what? I came to pick you up from the dealership, and we were going out for our. We have a weekly lunch date that we do now, and so what's before during the quarantine, we'd go pick up food, bring it home. But we were going out on the lunch break, and I pulled up to the service station or the service area where Chris told me he was, and he comes running from over by the brand new stuff. And I'm like, did I go to the wrong area? Wrong entrance? No, I was never and talking he, to the guy. But he he gets in the car and is going on and on and on about this new truck. And then <laughs> the conversation doesn't stop. And then he's in the car pulling up the website, trying to compare it. We're sitting at lunch and he's obsessed with this idea all through his shift at work that night. Every break I, he I, had. I kept thinking about it. I'm like, gosh. And then he's like. Well, the thing is that but, Ford right now, now Ford right now. I don't know how long it's going to last. They're doing a special finance. I know that's how they rope you in. But babe, you were like, well, I could sell the truck and I could, you know, it wouldn't make sense for me to have the Z. And I was like, what? Oh, well, uh, that <laughs> you're going to sell the Z well, just, just to get yourself this fancy $55,000 truck. You're crazy. And then I was like, but babe, we've got the wedding coming up. We'd already talked about it at lunch. We've got the wedding coming up next. After that, we're going to buy a new AC unit. He was trying to persuade me. And finally, I just said, look, you don't have to ask me permission. You're a grown Man, I, I might have had some colorful language there. You're a grown man. Well, thank ma- you, thank you. Who makes your own flipping money and but, uh, you work but, really but honey, hard? But babe, but a decision like that, I would not, I would not just do without asking. You. I know, but I said no. Like I didn't think it was a good idea ten times, and you kept coming back. So at that point, it's like you're a man. Yeah, but I think too. I, I also kind of, <laughs> I also got to get 100 percent verification from you that it's okay for me to do it. If you're giving me the nose, I'm probably not going to do it. And but, I finally said, uh, you don't need my permission. But I that, said that, it that five was almost times. like green light. Like go ahead and do it. <laughs> no, that was me saying you need to make the best decision for our family given the financial constraints that we have for the upcoming 18 months and we'd already discussed at that lunch that we would wait 18 months until wedding is passed we've got a new air conditioning unit and i've started paying back my school loans to make sure we're in a good position and uh, <laughs> it just kept going on and well, on okay bottom but line where'd you settle i did not buy the new truck that day <laughs> i didn't buy it this week at all to tell you the truth. And, I, and i love that truck it looks nice notice but- how he says this week <laughs> I didn't buy that truck. I still have my truck. I still love my truck. That's the problem is I still really, really love my truck. It's a little older. But guess what, kids? I It's paid off. Right. It's it been, is. It's been paid off for like six years. So um, – And there's nothing wrong with it. It's in perfect well, condition. Yeah. I took, I took it to the dealership. I got the brakes done. I think I got – But like, it's beautiful inside. The, the upholstery is perfect. Chris doesn't let anybody eat or drink in the car as much as possible. And so – yeah, it's just a really it's a really beautiful truck and I'm glad that we held on to it. But it's been a very adventurous week for us and a lot of fun things and we have um a fun guest that we are bringing on who also has had an adventurous life and has 
been a bit of a celebrity, right, Chris? Yeah, that's right. You might recognize him from some reality TV show. But we're not going to tell you who he is. You're going to find out right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. And welcome back, everybody. Our guest today is an engineer by trade, but is passionate about helping people find success in dating and love. While you may have known him from his time on reality TV, we know him as a fellow podcaster and someone who brings joy to the world. Let's give a great big Chris and Christine show welcome to the one and only Luke Cucurulo. Oh, hey, how are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for joining us today, Luke. How's your day going today? Oh, my day's going fantastic. I've been, uh, you know, in quarantine, just relaxing, getting my side hustle work done and, uh, you know, not worrying too much about the real world. (laughs) That's fantastic. Now, when you say quarantine, where exactly in the world are you coming to us from? So I'm in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Ooh, Philadelphia. What is the weather like over there right now? The weather, we're actually in the midst of a polar vortex, is what the weather uh, report what? said. What's a polar <laughs> yeah, right. vortex? That sounds like like you're going to be warped into a different space continuum or something. Yeah, that's a, that's a northeast thing. Um, it's not too bad. It's just really windy and a little cold. But like we had it 70s, 80s earlier this week. So we're, we're in the sporadic weather portion. So if it's windy and cold, so you're getting like 70s and 80s and then it's getting really cold. How do you... How do you even dress for that? Do you keep all your winter and summer clothes out? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't have clothes that go away. I just have <laughs> clothes. I don't have like winter clothes that go in the attic or anything. Oh, I guess that must be a California thing, you know, with our super super cold summers that we, or so, super, super cold winters, winters that winters. we have in San Diego. Oh, no, I know it's, it's freezing like, here. Nope, it's like shorts all the time. What are we talking about. <laughs> Well, so we're really excited to uh, jump into learning more about you today. And I know we've just recently connected and hit it off and we're excited to have you on the show. But why don't you start off with telling our listeners a little bit about who Luke is? Who Luke is? Um, I grew up in a small town called Lavalette, New Jersey, which is the town next to where they filmed Jersey Shore. So, um, yeah, my childhood. Are those your peeps? (laughs) Those are not my peeps. Those are the the folks from North Jersey and New York that come down every summer. Uh, I think our town population is like under 2,000 people. Uh, And then in the summer, it jumps to like 12 to 15,000, depending on the week. Yeah. So it's a a desolate town. I'm a a small town boy, you know, from a a small little shore town. that has experienced, I guess, the unique aspect of life of living in a tourist destination. Um, is it kind of like that movie Jaws where they had all the tourists were coming in and the mayor was like, we need the tourism here, you know, and the guy was saying, the shark, the shark, and then he got all mad. Do you guys have a mayor like that? <laughs> the mayor is just my dad's friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's your dad. We were like, no, no. I'm just saying the town's so small. It's like, it's just like, not, it's funny because it's, just like a guy you know, stad. Like it's not. It doesn't feel very uh, authentic. It just feels like some random person. Yeah, you know, like somebody you know, just being like, "Oh, I think I could do it for a while," and that's kind of how it is. Everybody just 
you know, takes a couple turns. Yeah, totally. <laughs> rotates. Now, you grew up in Jersey, and then mm-hmm. uh, after you finished school, where did you end up in the world? Um, I, I ended up in Jersey outside of Philly, uh, kind of on the Jersey side, and I decided to finally move over ooh, probably four or five years ago now. When you say move over, what do you mean, like flip over the other side of the other, wrong side of the tracks or what? Over over <laughs> the side of the bridge. So I was in the Jersey side of, uh, like, the Philadelphia suburbs have a New Jersey side kind of on the... Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. You guys are from California. So yeah, I guess I didn't realize they're in, like, states. close proximity. Yeah. That's right. I forget that. I can drive to four states within, like, two hours from me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's totally <laughs> aside, not our Aside situation. from traffic, though. There's no traffic, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, for us, it's, like four hours five hours just to go to vegas and that's yeah. like five hours like six if you take bathroom breaks but yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> well maybe it's the way i drive it's only like four okay. I've, I've made that drive before from uh from la to vegas yeah it's not too bad it's a little but bit yeah i could probably get to three or four states in that time over here <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely a different area of the world than for us so yeah ended up in philadelphia um and then what did you do after that did you like get into a profession Oh, yeah. So I've, uh, I graduated with a civil engineering degree, and I went into the environmental engineering field, which is going to be some boring talk, but we did manufactured gas plant remediation, which is, you guys familiar with manufactured gas plants? No, I have no idea. No, I don't think so. Of course not. <laughs> no <one is. laughs> um, at the turn of the century, uh, you know how everyone would kind of, they, ha- they had lamps that you would turn on and gas would come through that. Oh, so gas the, lamps. Like, yeah. like We have like the gas lamp district here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the manufactured gas plants is where they would create the gas because it's like the lights could never go off. So they always had to have a supply of that gas and they would burn coal and there'd be harmful byproducts. And, you know, back back in the day, it was about the turn of the 19th century. Uh, if anything went defunct, they would just dig a hole in the ground, push it all in the hole, cover it up. Now, Butch, there you, know. you go. There yeah. you go. Done and done. Not toxic <laughs> at all. <laughs> so in the 80s, we, when we decided we wanted to uh, care about the environment, they, they made some new laws. And uh, that's kind of what I do is clean up the environment from people's mistakes 100 years ago. Oh, and wow. That- in, yeah. In New Jersey, it's pretty boring. There's not a lot of different techniques to do it. It's mostly dig and haul. So I watch people dig holes and then fill it up with clean soil that's that's about my job oh do you plant any trees in that clean soil just is it plain of dirt course. of okay. course okay. Well, it depends on what you're restoring if it's uh you know residential or commercial but i actually haven't done that for a year but i did do that for about a decade nine years oh wow so if you haven't done it for a year what are you doing in the meantime i've been on what i call my uh what is it leap year what are, what are they doing gap Europe? year my gap year yes uh-huh. i'm on my gap year i'm coming up on almost a year of not doing anything. I've just yeah, I, been doing like odd jobs. I had a gap here too. I believe it was from one to two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what have you been filling your time with during this gap year? Because typically like for a high school senior, they'll go into a gap year and it's like a time to explore their interests and explore the world. And I have heard of more adults doing it. What have you been doing? Um, I actually did explore the US this summer. Um, I drove cross country. So I've driven from one coast to the other coast um, and tried to go to as many national parks as I possibly could. Um, oh, that's awesome. Did you yeah, have any favorites it, on that trek? Uh, Utah. Utah is my favorite that's, what, a, well, what a coincidence. That's one of our yeah. favorites. We Which went one? to Utah. I went to Zion. Uh, Christine oh, and I, beautiful. Uh, we went camping. Well, sorry, we went glamping. We went glamping. <laughs> <laughs> In a park there with a big view. It was beautiful. It was awesome. I loved it. Did you go to Zion? 
I did. I did uh, Angel's Landing, which was such a surreal experience. Um, We kind of got there a little late in the day, and we didn't realize you had to take, like, the public transportation and park in the parking lot. We were like, all right. So I was like, I'm doing this. I was with my little cousin because I was driving around to college in Wyoming, and we decided to kind of do a little trip. And I was like, I don't care. I'm doing Angel's Landing because it's supposed to be like one of the best hikes in America. Right. So, you know, we get on the trolley, we go there. And I was like, if I don't make it down in time, we'll meet here. And it was mm-hmm. like, no cell phone service. Like, you know. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. No cell phone service. Yeah. So oh, you went I, by yourself? Your cousin didn't do it with you? No, she's oh. uh, she's not into that kind of yeah. stuff. She did like a smaller, less intense hike. That would have been the Christine <laughs> hike. Yeah, that's what we did. We did the one you can push a stroller on. That's the kind of hike we did. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, hey. It was yeah. a little bit more intense than that. There were rocks I had to step over. Come on now, Chris. Okay. <laughs> so you did so Angel's I'm, Landing. Like, I'm doing, uh, it's like switchbacks, but I'm booking it because I had the... The apps, the hiking app said it should take three hours, and I, I had like an hour and a half. So I was like, all right, I got to do this. Double <laughs> so, time. Double time. Yeah, do double it. time. So I, so I huffed it up to the top, you know, got got my awesome pictures, had a great experience, um, and then basically ran down the mountain before it was dark because it was like becoming dark, and I was afraid the buses were going to stop running because they stopped running at 9 o'clock. That's <laughs> but, right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't hike the Narrows then? I did not, but I saw it, I believe, from uh, from the top up on the top of yeah. Angel's Landing. Well, when Chris and I went, we um, we stayed at this place. It was called Under Canvas, and it's a glamping resort. So we had our own canvas tent there, and they had like the a canvas restaurant. It was so cool. And then we drove in because it was on the far side, like the remote side of the exit to Zion, we had to drive into the national park and go through like what you're saying, like get on the public transport mm-hmm. and go in. And we did one little hike to like a tiny little waterfall area. And then we went and took the public transport all the way to the end. Cause I was like desperate to go see the narrows. We couldn't go into them cause it was spring and like flash flooding. And we got like three quarters of the way there and it was really hot and I'd forgot to pack shorts for Chris. So we oh, were like, no. okay, we're good. And then the next morning we woke up and we're like, we experienced that. Let's drive to Vegas and gamble for the day. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, our flight was out of Vegas. So that's the nearest airport to <clears throat> to there. So so we flew into Vegas and we had a rental car there. So on the way back, I say, let's go back early so we can hit the casino. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely fun. Did you have any other favorite national parks you visited? Um, actually, I was going to say another experience in Utah that wasn't a national park that I had a lot of fun was because I have some, you know, internet following because of the show uh someone saw i was in utah and he said do you want to uh climb a mountain and swing from one of the arches and i was like sure i trust random strangers on the internet all the time let's <laughs> why not right so he doesn't there's not even a location he just sends me gps coordinates and says be there at 6 a.m and i said all right you know? That's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, look, I have I have faith in people. So I showed up. It was, you know, he was like 23-year-old kid, something like that. He had harnesses, ropes. We climbed up the top of this arch. And then <laughs> I'm at the top. And he goes, all right, so I only brought one rope. What? Uh, <laughs> I was like, you guys draw rocks? Uh, eat, uh, paper, 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 scissors? Yeah, yeah. So we're at the top, right? And he goes... It's going to be easier if you go down first. And I was like, what? And he goes, all right, just back off off the ledge and slowly lower yourself down. And I was like, and he goes, but don't let go of the rope because if you do, you'll fall to your death. And I was like, what? 
Well, obviously, yeah. I mean, don't tell me that. You know, I know that's up with that. So I went first and repelled myself down this, you know. Oh, my gosh. It was like the first couple seconds when you were initially there was scary. But once I, like, lowered myself down, I had a lot of control with the rope. So it wasn't too bad. But I was just like, what am I doing? And then we, like, went up. And since we had set the rope at the anchor point, we would, like, jump off and kind of pendulum swing under an arch. And it was just an amazing experience and everything out there is just so beautiful. So I, I highly recommend Utah to everyone who asked me what I saw on my trip around America. <laughs> That's awesome. And I like to go to Utah because my best friend lives there. She's uh, about three hours from any of like the Bryce Canyon or the Zion. Mm-hmm. So uh, in Salt Lake City, it's a nice little place to be able to branch out from. So Luke, uh, you mentioned a minute ago about show. What show are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I was on the, uh, God, what is it? Lifetime hit show, uh, Married at First Sight. Was what? that was that like was that one of those uh, Christmas movies? <laughs> I've I've not watched a lot of Lifetime programming, but I do know what you're talking about. It's like a Hallmarky movie that they they play a lot of on there. <laughs> yeah. So what was your show about? Um, it was a reality show, and I'm going to try to keep this as unbiased as possible, because I'm, okay. I'm slightly jaded from this experience. You can be jaded. This is your place <laughs> to Listen, be jaded. I, I haven't never seen the show, so I can't have no opinion one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so it's a show where you tell three experts kind of what you're looking for in a potential partner, um, and then you go to the, they say, oh, we found someone for you. You go to the altar blind, um, and then you meet your partner at the altar, and then they film you for two months. Of being married. You oh, get married. So, so you actually marry them. Oh, you actually marry them. So I am t- divorced. Do you take the blind? <laughs> well, I'm divorced and Christine's divorced. Hey, we're all divorced here. It's all good. <laughs> and we had no blind we had no blindfold on. So <laughs> So you take the blindfold off before no, you say I, I do? Or you I don't say have I a do? blindfold. So they let they let the groom in um two hours before they let the bride in to build some tension, you know. Um and then, you know, they open the doors, big reveal, and the bride walks down the, the aisle. Okay, so you mentioned that, that you tell these experts. So are they like <laughs> old school? I, I watched, you know, the play Fiddler on the Roof, and it's like matchmaker, matchmaker, making a match. <laughs> Is it like you're looking for your, um, your, your matchmaker to find you the right person and then set you up in basically an arranged marriage? Is that what this is? Yes, but... Reality versus, um, I guess, what Reality. is perceived to be are, are slightly different. <laughs> Tell us more. What, what do you mean? Um, so, yes, you give them, you kind of sit down, talk to each person, and you're like, this is what I'm looking for uh, in a partner. And then they decide collectively who to match you with. Interesting. So they make the choice for you, who they yes. think that you would be. Have they? Do they ever try to like throw a curveball at you guys and throw someone completely not at your type at all? Um, so that was why, I, uh, in case you guys are not familiar, if you did any bit of research, I am the most hated person on that show of all. Time. I don't hate you, dude. I mean, still, you know. to this, I'm just letting you know, still to this day. Uh, so here, here, uh, I'll be honest. I did a little bit of research and I read about it, and I was like. That's not the guy that I had interaction with, so I'm going to choose to not believe it. And uh, you can ask Chris. I kind of tend to be Pollyanna. So in my world, you are the victim of people's uh, criticism. So that's how we view you. So tell your story. This is your stage, Luke. Oh, I've, I've told this story so many times. We don't need to dive into it too much. But yes, they, in my opinion, gave me the 
complete opposite of what I was looking for. Oh. And then, you know, I hope nothing bad goes happen and nothing bad happens. And then every week they're like, sit on the couch. Tell her you're not into her. And it was just like they, we had to fed film you that, that stuff? scene. Oh, God, we filmed that scene so many times. Like, and they, every and they, day. they feed you lines like that? Like um, what to say? Like how to, how to like respond to what she says? We're not allowed to talk about that kind of stuff. Okay, we're we're, right. we're given okay. subject matter to discuss. I, I'm sure. I'm sure that's all very very scripted. But uh, <laughs> you know, it is the way it is. I guess. Yeah, but it sounds like you have some interesting experience with dating. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a little bit of research about you, and it seems like you are passionate about like helping people find love and like helping connect individuals. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yes, I really do enjoy connecting individuals, I would say. Not just dating, but in general connecting people. I did um, own a speed dating business for a short period of time. Wow. Uh, which I found was a lot of fun. I, you know, trust strangers, as I said. I put my faith in them. So I responded to a Craigslist ad that was like, are you outgoing and like to host events? And I was like, yeah, I could do that. And it <gasps> turned out to be a speed dating company. So fun. Um, so I worked for them for like a year and I kept sending like corporate things to do that would kind of improve their system, like what mm-hmm. I was noticing. And I kept noticing that they were like taking all of my advice. So I was like, all right, I think I could try to do this on my own. That sounds um, fun. Yeah. So I, I started my own business for uh, about two years. I had a speed dating business, which was a lot of fun to kind of just get off the ground and have. It was it was local. It was only in Philly. But uh, oh, not yeah. out here, huh? No, no, not out there. California is quite competitive market. Yeah. I've I've seen a lot of the speed dating things pop up. Not that I've been looking, Chris. Oh, okay. What you doing there? On Groupon, it'll like pop up and be like, go to speed dating. And I'm like, I Mm -hmm. don't need that. But uh, you are our first gentleman dating expert other than Chris, the resident. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. man of love here. But you are our first male dating expert. And we wanted to pick your brain a little bit about how do you think individuals can navigate dating while under quarantine yeah Ooh, i wouldn't i wouldn't say expert i would say uh veteran if that okay. makes you feel anything <laughs> <laughs> we love it go ahead i've been through it i wouldn't say i've mastered it <laughs> <laughs> um how you can navigate dating during quarantine so i've actually seen uh speed dating but virtual speed dating Oh, really? Uh, ads. Yeah. So there was uh, a company. So when I stopped my business, I applied for a job as a host at another speed dating business because I still enjoy it. I just didn't want to kind of put all the energy into running my own thing. And I, I see they have ads for advertising, you know, that are you can do online dating, but like speed dating versions kind of like, do you remember? Oh, God, what was it called? Not Omegle, the one before that, where it just turned into everyone showing each other their Oh. What was that? The, the chat roulette. I'm sorry. Oh, I've never heard of that. Huh. <laughs> oh, really? No. It was you go on, you'd hit the roulette button, and it would just start a video chat with a random stranger. That That's dangerous. That sounds that's, crazy. Yes. Now, what if, you got, what if you're a guy, and you actually like, match up with another guy, but you're looking for a girl? Did that happen too? On Is chat it, roulette? Yeah. Absolutely. Re- on oh, this wow. dating, uh, on the new online dating things? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know if you know, uh, Chris is in my story, but we mm-hmm. actually met on Match.com and um, it was, both of us were about ready to give up on dating. I was ready to give up and then Christine sought me out. Yes, so. I, I hit him up. I did. I slid into his DMs in Match. <laughs> um, and so that brings up a question. I would like your veteran advice. Should a lady, 
make the first move? Um, I think it's really sexy when a lady makes the first move. Um, Amen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is before I was on television. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> After I was on television, uh, there is a lot of, like, I just want it to be, if you're going to make a move, make it sincere. So I understand where women get frustrated with just a million guys sliding into their DMs and being like, hey. Right. Like, at least come up with something clever or original besides just hey how you doing like or you know real that just, too. something that's real yeah. you know um I, I could smell like like when i was on match i could totally mm-hmm. smell the fake robot people messaging me yeah. like, like a mile away they got like one picture you know it's, <laughs> it's like hey how you doing sexy that's all they got <laughs> i remember my first message to you chris was something like hey i love the picture of you with your two boys it looks like you're a really good dad oh mm-hmm. that's right i remember that yeah and it was just like mm-hmm. basic like that to see First of all, with Match, it's like you don't know if the other person's actually paying for a subscription, so you don't know if they can read their messages or not. So it's like, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'd already vowed to myself that I wasn't going to message anybody. Oh, and really? then, yeah, I did. But okay, okay, more to the story, Luke. He, he looked at my profile. Is his four ego times. getting bigger right now? Yeah, well, he likes to tell everybody <laughs> I made the first move. Mind, don't mind the fact that he looked at my profile four times before I reached out. And I'm like, dude, are you going to make the first move or not? <laughs> oh, does it, it? It tells you who looks at your profile? Yes. <laughs> it, yes, it shows how. Yeah, I guess how many days, how many times it looked at, at the profile? Too? Every time that somebody looks at your, if you have the paid subscription, every time they look at your profile, it tells you who they are. So you can go and like cyber stalk them in a, in, you know, a very non-threatening way. But I wanted to check him out. And then like, I'd look at his profile and he'd look at mine and I'm like, dude, like <laughs> you're either interested or you're not. You keep checking out my profile. And now he says, well, Christine made the first move. She hit me up first. And yeah. that forever is our story. But I do like, it's like to some, know. Like he went and liked all your pictures kind of thing. And you were like, what's up, yes. man? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, come to find out, he just liked my first picture, which was intentional. It was me sitting on the back of my convertible and he's into cars. So oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it works. Right. Yeah. So you, you said that you do, you used to like it when a girl makes um, the first move, but. No, no, I, I still like it. Okay. I'm just saying I've been jaded because I, so I don't use a lot of apps. I think, oof. The last time I used an app was when I was uh, just promoting my business. I think that was it. But besides that, it's been six years since I was on Tinder before it was just used for like casual Like, you know, back when people were looking for relationships and it was like the first app on the market. Right. Um, But yeah, I'm not not big into the the dating thing. So I think I just get a little jaded because people will uh, message you on social media and treat it like it's a dating app. Oh, yeah. That totally makes sense. Like... Uh, mm-hmm. Instagram, like you said, people sliding yeah. into your DMs and being like, hey, hottie. I see some of my girlfriends, they they send me screenshots sure. of that stuff. And I'm like, that's raunchy. You know, it's just <laughs> it's not appropriate. But uh, I did want to ask you a question from your perspective. And I'd love actually for you and Chris to talk about this for our listeners. And the question is, uh, how does a woman know the difference between when a man is being kind and courteous or when he's really into her and flirting? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> How does a lady know the difference? Yeah, when a, a guy's just being nice. Some of my girlfriends have been talking about that lately. Oh, he's so nice to mm-hmm. me. I wish he would just ask me out on a date and ends up he's just like trying to be chivalrous, not actually that into her. I uh, would say uh, the way he looks at you in public or like the way he looks at you when you interact. Like if he's looking at you like kind of, you know, like like he wants something more. Like there, I would say not just like, oh, hey, how you doing? And then kind of moves on. Just kind of like yep. intensely gazing at you or Ooh. wanting something more. 
uh, from from the eyes. That's how I'm gonna. That's kinda how I'm like, gonna answer that. Like your body posture and the way you kind of yeah. like uh, present yourself. Because there's that time where I'm just busy doing something working wise or doing something. I just glance. And I glance back to what I'm doing. So you're mm-hmm. saying more of like a longer pause, and yeah, kind of like, like there's that. emotion behind the look. Is like, that how a lady it, would know? You got a little like. I would say swagger to you, maybe. Ooh. You, you know, when you're, I don't know if you guys go out, go out anymore, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you're like out, if you make eye contact across like a party or something, you oh. can tell if someone's interested in you just kind of from, oh, they keep looking at me right. in a certain way. So I right. think if he's treating you nice and looking at you in that certain way, he's interested. If he's just treating you nice, he's just, just a nice guy. There we go. So, ladies, that is sage advice from the gentleman am- amongst us uh, to know whether or not he's just being nice or whether he's really flirting. So, we really appreciate that. I would say I'm the most socially awkward person when I was dating that I would just think like when every guy was nice to me, I'm like, oh, he must like me. Nope. Nope, <laughs> girlfriend. That wasn't the message he was sending. <laughs> but uh, thanks for sharing a bit about your background and uh, your interesting participation in reality TV. But we wanted we want to chat more about what you're doing now to find fulfillment and purpose in life as it relates to podcasting. Da, da, da. <laughs> um, yeah. So when the show actually started airing, uh, I decided since it was such a horrific experience for me, I wasn't going to watch any episodes, and I was going to kind of shut myself off from the internet. Um, and I needed a project to feel like I could express myself and kind of devote all my time into. So I was like, all right, let's do podcasting. I've always enjoyed podcasting. I enjoy talking to people. Um, so I, I started it around then, and uh, I haven't stopped. Uh, I really enjoy just sitting down. I kind of do long-form interviews. Uh, they're about an hour long. And I sit down with people and just get to kind of topics that aren't just like cookie-cutter on the surface which I really enjoy kind of digging a little deeper into things. Right. Um, how long yeah. have you po- how long have you been doing your podcast? Um I'm almost up to 70. So uh 70 episodes year. or Yeah. Okay, so y- do you release one every week or when's your release schedule? Yep, every week. Okay. Okay. And what has been one of your favorite podcasting experiences so far in terms of a guest or something you've learned? Um so I'll give you I'll give you a couple because I've had so many. I really do enjoy it. Um, one of my guests I had on was the first person in America to be given a life sentence for distribution of marijuana and nonviolent crimes. Wow. Was he yeah. in California? It sounds like a California thing, if you ask me. <laughs> no, he was, he was in Philly. Um, so when he was 31, uh, he got busted selling marijuana and he got a life sentence. He said he spent the first five years in solitary and... Eventually, he spent 32 years in there before he was released. But he was like cellmates right next to like John Gotti. And oh, you're just wow. like, how? yeah, right? Like how does someone that's like and, – and Jack Dorsey, like notorious, <laughs> you know, right. quote unquote right. bad guys or villains and some guy that got busted se- selling weed. Um, so that was amazing talking to him. Um, I actually talked to someone who decided to quit their job and bike across America which oh, kind of wow. gave me my my spur to to travel across America. Like on a bicycle um, or like a motorcycle? No, on a bicycle. Oh wow. I've heard of that. I've heard of people doing that yeah. doing that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, he was he was awesome. He had oh, I can never remember the term stealth camping. 
So the term stealth camping means doing things illegally. <laughs> You're not like, kind of like, like a hobo used to do back in the day? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he said he just went from coast to coast. And um, another one was I found uh, a local girl on Instagram that was into African dancing, like Afrobeats dancing. And we did a dance video together. And she was like, hey, do you want to come to this like Water for Africa event? And it was just like an event I would never go to. But I got to go, I was like her VIP guest, and I got to watch her dance and like hang out with her mom. And it was just an event that I never would have got to experience if I didn't reach out to a random stranger and sit down and talk to them about what they're passionate about. That is fantastic. Yeah, that's super so interesting. So is your, is your podcast mostly just interviewing people, or do you just have your own like segments where just you by yourself? Uh, no, it is just, just me interviewing people. Um, so like this week's podcast, if you're interested, uh, I interview a lady who is part of a five-woman team uh, that investigates paranormal activity. So oh. I just sit down with her and we talk about it. And if you guys want to know why ghosts whisper and the best way to track ghosts and the best way to, you know, <laughs> communicate with ghosts, I would say listen to it. Um, That's crazy. But yeah, it's just find things that like I, I don't believe in ghosts but i think it's very interesting that someone would devote all of their free time to you know capturing ghosts on film well i could see how that would relate to like the area of the country that you live in with the history mm -hmm. and there's lots of stories that come out of the east coast around like paranormal activity so um is she based in the philadelphia area where you are um I think she's in Florida. Oh, interesting. When I talked to her, she was in Tennessee because she got stuck there during quarantine, she said. <laughs> the ghost made her do it. Sort of yeah, the ghost made her do it. But, oh, another thing like that, she said she's coming to Eastern State Penitentiary, which is like a prison right in Philadelphia that they set up as a haunted house every year. And it's like one of the most haunted places in the city. And she's like, oh, I'm going to come there next February. And I was like, can I do the paranormal investigation with you? And she's like, absolutely. So it's like an experience Oh my that gosh, that's crazy. Have in the future that I would never get to experience if I didn't, you know, have the podcast. So it's honestly it's just greedy for me. I get to meet it, a bunch of cool people. It is. And and you find that a lot of you have a lot of followers because of your your time on the on the TV show that mm -hmm. ha you already have a, like a built-in audience ready to go from the ground up, right? Um you would think so, but people hate me. Most people follow me just to say mean things. Um oh, and then I, you know, man. have to block them and delete them and do that whole thing. Well, you know, I love the fact that you started this podcast, especially uh, post reality TV era, because what I think happens in a podcast is that the world gets to know the real you and the substance mm -hmm. behind you, the authenticity, the vulnerability and what you're really passionate about. And so we were really excited to have you on the show today to give you an opportunity to be able to share about what you've been doing with this gap year of your life and what your purpose really is right now. And I loved this tagline, I think it was from your website, that you love finding people with inspiring stories and sitting down listening to their journey through life. Ooh. I think that's just such a sweet statement about the kind of person that you are. And so, just so you know, Chris and Christine fully endorse you, Luke. We think <laughs> that you are a sweet guy and we appreciate you coming on to our show. But where can our listeners find your podcast? Um, so listeners can find my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, um, or on my website, which is cucuruloconversations.com. Um, or, you know, you can follow me on Instagram at Luke Kooks. So it's L-U-K-E-C-U-K-E. -E, uh, and I usually post whenever a new podcast is out. 
Okay. And I have to say something about your Instagram because I'm kind of obsessed with this one post you made. It was a, um, a turtle video with a turtle getting its back scrubbed. Is that your turtle? It is not my turtle. Oh my gosh. Aww. It looks like ours. We have a little baby tortoise. And I sent that video to Chris right after we booked you for the show. And I was like dying laughing. He's like, is that Paisley? And I was like, no, it was on Luke's Instagram. So you, you not only do you post podcast content, but just some really funny stuff. Yeah, no, I, I've. I've been inside long enough that I've started making memes. Like that's that's you know, <laughs> where, where and that was been. like a little like TikTok song. That yeah, that it was so funny. Yeah, no, that that it's done really well, and people keep sharing it. It's like one of my most popular posts, which I think is funny. It's <laughs> yeah. not about me at all. I'm gonna definitely <laughs> post it on the Chris and Christine Show Instagram when this episode comes out. So friends, definitely. Find Luke, Cucurulo Conversations, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also go to his website, cucuruloconversations.com. Find him on Instagram and also on the Chris and Christine Show webpage. When this episode comes out, we will put a hot link there so you can go directly to his website. Listen, subscribe, show some love. And thank you again, Luke, for coming on our show this week. Thanks, Luke. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You guys are great. Hey guys, what's up? It's the Jay Boy Show. I'm Ezekiel. And I'm Jacob. Now I'm Mason. And don't forget to listen to our new uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. It's a lot of fun. Yes, it is. We and talk about sports, motors, engines, and all kinds of stuff. And Even YouTubers. Stuff and YouTubers. So don't forget to subscribe and listen in every Sunday. All right, and keep moving forward. 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 Well, that was a pretty cool interview to have that uh, reality star Luke on the show. Yeah, that was super interesting. And what I thought was super fascinating was, I mean, all of it, and I love hearing about his background and his podcast, but about how orchestrated those reality TV shows are. I guess I kind of thought maybe they were, but not to the extent that he was sharing. Yeah, and he didn't want to share a whole lot because he has tons of contracts he has to sign. Right, like non-disclosure agreement things, yeah. That's even for like a smaller show. Like his show is a little on the smaller side compared to, imagine a show like Survivor that's like massive on a major network. Yeah, well, I still think that his is on a major network and... Yeah, it was just interesting. Well, it's not like at the scale of Survivor scale. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you're on Survivor, it's like a it's it's like pretty big, I would think. Right. Well, you know, I get hooked on some of those shows, like the Love Is Blind experiment. I loved watching that, and I love following um, two of well, one of the couples that came out of that that is just so adorable. But you know, you never really hear about very much about those for whom it doesn't work out well for. Like they right. just kind of like vanish. Right. Well, um, Luke did not vanish. No, he didn't. He is has his podcast and he is uh, still hanging in there. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if like for other reality shows, not this one specifically, but for if other ones, like if you don't win or find success in it, like does that impact you if you're an actor and want a future career? I don't think so. I think um, it just it just putting you on the uh, paper in a different location you know that's really what it is uh, you're still being relevant i think what happens to some of these actors that um were on a show a hit show many years ago and then all of a sudden that show kind of like comes to an end or mm-hmm. whatever uh they just kind of kind of fade out and they have a hard time some do have a really hard time finding work yeah I mean, some do pretty well 
Um, but some, you know, do you remember the show Saved by the Bell? Oh my gosh, I love Saved by the Bell. Well, all of those um, actors, after the show finally wrapped up the original series, um, the main lead character, Zach, he had the hardest time finding work. Oh my gosh, you know what? I was just reading an article yesterday, or maybe it was this morning, about um, the man that played Bubba on Forrest Gump. Oh yeah? And how... After, because he did such a great job in that role, he's been in other movies too. I've but seen him, he yeah. had a harder time getting them. He had a harder time getting roles, and he was saying in this article that getting cast after being in a show where you are so well known for whatever that role is, that people have a hard time seeing you as something different. And so I could see for somebody like Luke how being able to switch gears and move into the podcasting world is allowing him to rebrand himself. So that people get to know the real Luke and not who the reality TV show painted him to be. And I found him to be a very genuine person. I liked having him on the show. And by the way, kids out there listening, reality TV is not reality. <laughs> True. <laughs> most of it is scripted. They they tell you where to walk, where to sit, where to eat, how to walk in, where to walk in. Because you funny, you watch those TV shows, especially like the um, home improvement shows. Yeah. You'll show them walking to the house that's abandoned. You'll show them opening it. And the next shot you see them is them coming in. Somebody had to get in the house in the first place <laughs> to take the camera shot. So yeah, how true, that happened, true. obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Well, definitely, folks, listen to Luke Cucurulo. Definitely subscribe to his podcast. I think that you will love it. I've really enjoyed his interviews. I find the individuals that he brings onto the show to be super fascinating. So definitely go over there and subscribe. And next we have for you guys is our Shout Out Central, where we could bring it back to you. And what do we got today, Christine? Well, we have some of our loyal countries that have joined us yet again. So we have Canada. Hey, Canada. Ireland. Ireland. The United Kingdom. Okay. Australia. Hey, good day, mate. <laughs> Spain. I don't know what Spain says. Okay. Ole, ole. ole. <laughs> You're so funny. And not to forget the one and only United States. Thank you. God bless America. Yes. And what's happening over in the cities that were hitting the leaderboard this week? In America, our top cities we have is Pacoima, California. Yep, you said it right. Pacoima. Uh, Pacoima, California. Thank you for listening. And next we have Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. We appreciate you in Colorado. Next, we go over to Georgia, to Alpharette, Georgia. Alpharette. I love Georgia. I love all of our friends from Georgia. And someday, you know, I've heard that Georgia's famous for peaches. And, oh, yeah. you know, California, yeah, yeah. we grow really good peaches. But I would like one day to have a Georgia peach. Or how about a comparison taste test? Yes, like, I would love that. Like, which is which? So if you're listening, send me some Georgia peaches. And don't get it mixed up. Yep, it, don't. It, 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 real, no. <laughs> I could do like a taste test. So but I'll do like a California peach versus a Georgia peach. And we could definitely reveal the results. So my friends from Georgia, holler out you. Email us. Hook that up. Yeah, you know Chris saying? and Christine podcast at gmail.com. Or even Peach Jam. And like, tell me. You can you can send jam through the mail, like in a jar or something, right? I know, but right? that's like, you add all kinds of things to that. I want the, the raw, fresh fruit. So oh, I see. I've never had me a Georgia peach, so okay. I would like one. Okay, there you go. And very last but not least, we have the town of Conroy, Texas. Woo-woo. Howdy, Texas. Thank you for listening. Howdy. And with that, we're going to say the opposite of howdy, which is a, a what is what is the opposite of howdy? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They, they, Goodbye. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for listening this week. And we really appreciate you guys listening. And we will be back next week for another fantastic episode. Thanks for making 40 great. Remember this week, 
that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right, forget about the ones who don't, and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward.